Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. The Waco History Podcast is sponsored by Brotherwell Brewing on Historic Bridge Street in Waco. Welcome to the Waco History Podcast. We're going to air for you over the next few months a special series of Waco History Living Stories. Uh, these were segments that were originally aired on KWBU here in Waco. Uh, they were produced by the Institute for Oral History editor, Michelle Holland, and narrated by two fabulous narrators, uh, Louis Mazze and Kim Patterson. And so these highlight oral histories from the collection of the Institute for Oral History at Baylor University, which I direct, which has been around since 1970 and has over a thousand interviews related to Waco and McLennan County history, and we're happy to highlight those here. In some of our oldest oral history interviews that we have at the Institute for Oral History, they talk about the experience of the 1918 Spanish flu. Uh, Let's listen in as folks recount uh, the impact of that on their families and communities. Then the night came alive with gunfire. He knew that at last it had been found. This is Living Stories featuring voices from the collections of the Baylor University Institute for Oral History. I'm Kim Patterson. When the Great War came to an end in late 1918, a cloud hung over the jubilation. The world was suffering the worst pandemic in history. From 1918 to 1919, The Spanish flu killed more people than the fighting did in World War I and infected more than a quarter of all Americans. Educator Wilma Bunton describes the flu striking her family in the Houston area. And I remember my older brother Lewis was the only one who didn't get sick. So he'd try to fix something for us for breakfast or he'd try to fix something for supper. None of us were interested whatsoever. They didn't have a doctor there. So you just had to do what you thought you could, and they knew to drink fruit juices and rest. Then he'd cry when he'd fix something. He said, it's because I can't do a good job of cooking you all are not eating, and he didn't know. In a 1987 interview, Louis Mayberry recalls how the virus changed everyday life for children. When we moved to San Antonio, I started school. I hadn't gone to school but a few days. They had a, a flu epidemic in San Antonio, and they turned the schools out. And uh, we stayed out for quite a while, and they was trying to teach me how to work. They let me shine shoes at the INGN station in those days. It's Missouri Pacific now. And then uh, school started again, and it went on for a couple of weeks, and they turned out again. We didn't get much schooling before Christmas. Bible translator Robert Bratcher, who was born in Brazil in 1920, tells how the illness affected travel. My parents and my older brother, who was at that time four years old, 
had gone to Brazil in 1919. They had been appointed by the Foreign Mission Board and were due to go to 1918, but the great flu epidemic was at that time, and it held them up. They stayed in Valhalla, New York, with some other missionaries and waiting until the ships, you know, were available that had sailors that could man them to take them to Brazil. Folklorist Martha Emmons remembers escaping the flu. I have often thought that the Lord in his providence kept me from having the flu. I used to give a more earthy explanation than that. People ask me how I avoided it because old people just dropped dead all around from that. But I was so needed, I thought. I see, I had my father with me and I was teaching at May Pearl, Texas. And I remember when I was asked that, I said, oh, well, all I can attribute it to is eating onions and staying happy. <laughs> and I did eat onions and anything else that way that I thought was the right kind of thing. And uh, I did make an effort to stay happy. But I've often just thought it must have been a providential stroke because I don't know what could have happened if I had had to have the flu right there with my father, an invalid, and with me, and we were in that little apartment there. And it would have been awful for him to have taken the flu from me, don't speak. The nationalism and acceptance of government authority heightened by the war allowed public health workers to easily put in place restrictive measures to bring the epidemic under control. The Spanish flu outbreak then faded from public memory until flu scares in recent decades. Thanks for listening to the Waco History Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes so we can reach more listeners. You can find show notes and info on every episode at wacohistorypodcast.com and more info on Waco's past at wacohistory.org. Our theme music, used with permission, is Cross the Brazos at Waco, performed by the late Billy Walker. For more info on Billy's music, go to billywalker.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.